0: That's what makes us tough. We keep a coming. We're the people that live. They can't wipe us out, they can't
1: lick us. The change has started, and the change in Detroit is real.
0: We're back! Yeah, 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 yeah. Detroit, Michigan. Here,
1: you can actually see what you do affect a great American city, and it's, it's hopefully historical comeback. Welcome to
2: Opportunity Detroit. Hi, this is Paul W. Smith. Welcoming today, Stephen Dime, co-founder and CEO of Flowers for Dreams. Ken Harris and Reggie Kelly will be here, the principals of Detroit Popcorn Company. Latricia Wilder, the owner of Vibe Ride. And finally, the one and only Eric Larson, CEO of the Downtown Detroit Partnership. It's all about Opportunity Detroit, and it's all right now. Detroit! First up, an opportunity to try one of my favorite topics, food. Well, you know that by now, but this is even a favorite food out of my favorite topic, food. This is about popcorn and a company built on popcorn. Let me tell you about Ken Harris, born and raised in Washington, D.C., More than 25 years' experience in financial and business consulting under his belt, with a bachelor's degree in accounting from St. Francis University in Pennsylvania, international finance training at Trinity College in Dublin, Ireland, and an MBA from Michigan State University. It's probably the MBA that helps him with the popcorn the most. Uh, Ken, nice to have you on the program, and uh, thank you for being with us. We appreciate it.
3: Thank you very much, Paul. How are you? you.
2: I am excellent. And his partner, a principal ownership uh, held by these two gentlemen for the Detroit Popcorn Company, uh, is Reggie Kelly. Reggie, born and raised in Canton, Ohio, before settling into Metro Detroit, bachelor's degree at Baldwin Wallace College, attended Ohio University's executive MBA course, along with executive minority program at Tuck School of Business at Dartmouth College. I'm... Welcome uh, to you as well, Reggie. And I'm looking hard to see where in your background popcorn fits in.
4: Well, it's it's interesting you mention that, Paul, because uh, I was reminded by a teammate of mine from from college that uh, we used to uh, sell popcorn uh, at the gymnasium during special events. Well, there you are. (laughs) Yeah, so he reminded me that that, uh, popcorn must be in my blood somewhere.
2: Well, good for you. The Detroit Popcorn Company is a lot older than both of you put together. Uh, Since 1923, the Detroit Popcorn Company has been catering to the needs uh, of customers through the professional services, the sales, the rentals, the leases, placement programs, and all of that. And uh, it became very important to you to become the owner's of the Detroit Popcorn Company for a variety of reasons. Let's talk a little bit about that. When, when did you purchase the Detroit Popcorn Company? I'll go with, uh, to make it easy, I'll go with you first, Ken.
3: Well, Paul, uh, we, we were blessed to have the opportunity come before us uh, back around April and May of 2020. And then we went uh, to contract with the previous owner, and then move forward to closing and officially uh taking the keys so to speak uh in november of 2020 and we're we're uh, about 90 days into the to the ownership of this legacy and wonderful company i have to just be honest with it is absolutely a wonderful business and company to be involved with i'm very blessed
2: and honored well since 1923 it's got a great history uh, along the way, it was in the news uh, some time ago with some controversy and whatever else these things happen. Uh, that has nothing to do with you two guys, Ken Harris and Reggie Kelly, the principals, the owners of Detroit Popcorn Company. and And let me ask, you, let me ask you, Reggie, um, what what kind of products? I know popcorn is is very important, but certainly you you are involved in much more than popcorn.
4: Uh, most definitely Paul um, again the business originally started I believe as a concession uh, business you know providing a variety of uh, different products and services you know for you know, a variety of, of different industries and I believe it evolved uh, to the uh, providing popcorn as, as one of the mainstays uh, as, as well as providing uh, products you know, for slush machines uh, as, as well as um, um, snow comb, uh, et cetera. And so again, it, it, the business kind of re- evolved over over the you know past 98 years, you know to where you know we we provide a variety of different services to quite frankly a variety of different customers and, and industries. You know so as as Ken alluded to, it, it's really a very fun business. And popcorn, yes, it, you know, it's Detroit popcorn, but of course we offer much more than just popcorn.
2: And you and you, you deliver to the to the big players, the big businesses. I'm. I don't know if you serve uh, Imagine Theaters or not, but say Imagine Theaters. They need the popcorn uh, machines. They need the products. They need the supplies. That's the end of your business that you're in, and that's where uh, Reggie Kelly and Ken Harris, your business degrees, come into play. Right, Ken?
3: Oh, absolutely. The the, I mean, I never thought I would be where, where in this particular venue of, of business, but I will say this. The studies and application of what I went to school for is very much now coming to play in the fold of doing the various things that we're doing now. And a lot of times what happens is you go to school, you study all these different uh, uh, avenues of uh, subjects, and you never use them. Well, that's not the case here for us, Paul. We are using every single bit of it, and it's it, very cool.
2: Are there any uh, surprises, Reggie, that you and Ken have come upon that you never would have expected running this uh, Detroit popcorn company?
4: Well, I think the biggest surprise, and, and, and I'm sure uh, it's indicative across the, uh, the country, was you know, because of the pandemic. Yeah, it, it really uh, impacted you know, the the total industry, you know, uh, ir, irrespective of what industry you might in, might might be in. And and one of the things that w- was surprising to us, both again and myself, was the fact that there was a, a shortage of, of packaging, of paper, <laughs> for boxes. So so as a consequence, uh, you know, it, it was very challenging for us uh, inheriting you know the the company as, as we did that we found ourselves, you know, scrambling for uh, materials that you would not have thought would be a problem, particularly because of the pandemic. And, and and as Ken alluded to, with our background and understanding the dynamics of business, you would have thought that there would be plenty of inventory sitting, sending in, you know, various suppliers, you know, um, warehouses, but unfortunately that was not the case.
2: Boy, is that the truth? And boy, did a lot of people uh, discover that and it caused, Uh, businesses to cease operations which is sad and unfortunate Uh, and and including I'm sure some of the people that that Detroit Popcorn Company over the years since well since 1923 probably serviced and those some of those companies have gone away and sadly won't be back. Do you serve uh, regionally in Metro Detroit alone or are you uh, dealing uh, nationwide at this point Ken?
3: Well, our objective is to go national, uh, Paul, to be very honest with you. But we have fallen into a interesting market. We have actually sent product to Australia already and wow. received video back from the families, uh, and they're shouting in glee. We, uh, we have distributed to California, uh, Florida, and pretty much all the states. And, uh, I even sent some popcorn to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So we are we're expanding before we're expanding if you will. But we're getting our name out. We're overhauled our website and we're moving forward to 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 slowly expand on a national basis, but we want to take our time and make sure we do what we need to do here in the home base before we we uh take that that particular challenge on.
2: So detroitpopcorn.com, detroitpopcorn.com is where people can find more information and then from what i'm hearing from ken reggie uh, you in fact not only have the equipment you really have the popcorn as well
4: yeah, that's correct uh, paul we, we have the, the ability uh, to produce a variety of different products uh, uh, not only uh, um, popcorn but flavors you know for uh, slush, uh, slush, uh, slush machines uh, also uh, we have the ability to uh, uh, do nuts that uh, chocolate cut and cover nuts We have the ability to do chocolate-covered uh, um, pretzels. So, again, we, we are re- really, when you look at our, our business model or look at the business, uh, we're ju- we are more than just popcorn.
2: Yeah, it sounds like a lot more than just popcorn. Now, how different uh, is running this business from some of your other ventures? Because I know you guys are successful businessmen, and, and I'm just wondering how different uh, this is. Uh, or maybe it's the same, just a different... Uh, Product, uh, Reggie.
4: Well, yeah, the, the dynamics, the, the uh, dynamics of business, uh, as Ken kind of alluded to, in, in terms of our, our, our background and our study, is is, is the same, uh, for all intents and purposes. Um, you know, manufacturing is manufacturing, and it's just the different aspects of the products that you may be producing. The, the logistics portion of of, of moving product. Uh, from production, uh, you know, to, to, um, uh, to the end customer, uh, the dynamics are basically, the same. and again, it's just the nature of the product that you may be, you may be moving. You know, uh, unfortunately, a lot of people don't necessarily understand that, but, but again, the basic principles are the same. All
2: right. And, and Ken, uh, are you reaching out and uh, engaging the community? Is that a part of your plan? Oh, absolutely. What I have done is, uh, we
3: have been so blessed because I have a great deal of relationship with some of these movers and shakers previously from the Detroit Athletic Club, which I have been a member of for, for a few years, so to speak. And uh, I, I already have the ability to uh, access them by phone, letter or email. And so I have been able to go back and and enter into uh, contractual relationships that were severed at the point in time of the unfortunate situation with the previous owner. And so we're proud to say that we're forming an alliance and partnership with the Detroit Public Schools Foundation, Ms. Pam Moore, and we'll be uh, announcing that very soon. We're also forming a, a partnership with the Detroit Zoological Society again. And so I'm looking very much forward to doing that.
2: Well, that's what we're doing on the program today. We're we're looking forward, not backwards. We alluded to the earlier problem. People can look it up if it's real important to them. The fact is now these two gentlemen have taken the opportunity to move forward, and we're helping them move forward. If you uh, you need a complete concession stand, a popcorn machine for your showroom or home, a truckload of snack foods or service of your equipment, uh, the Detroit Popcorn Company is here to help. A one-stop, if you will, one-stop fun shop uh, for food. One-stop fun food shop, I guess, is the way to put it. You can find them at DetroitPopcorn.com, DetroitPopcorn.com. Uh, Reggie, Kelly, how long have you and Ken Harris been working together on projects?
4: Uh, well, we started uh, about a, actually about two years ago looking at uh, another uh, acquisition and and. Um when this came about, uh, Paul, uh, I, I indicated or said to Ken that this is probably a much better opportunity for us because it was local uh, versus the other opportunity we were looking at, uh, in, quite frankly, in the apparel business that was, was based out of Georgia. So we just were both... Ken and I uh, mutually agree that this was a fantastic opportunity, not, not only because it's because of the history of the company, but also because of the opportunity that, that we see in, in being a very very significant corporate partner and working with other operations that, that are looking to try to raise funds, you know, for their various nonprofits. Well, good
2: for you. You used the right word, opportunity. The right word for this program. Ken Harris, Reggie Kelly, principals of Detroit popcorn company you can go to detroitpopcorn.com uh well done taking advantage of your opportunities and we appreciate it good luck to you gentlemen and if you ever have an overage of popcorn you know where to send it okay well well, we'll drop <laughs> some off we'll drop them <laughs> off to you paul complimentary okay. you oh music music to my ears free food <laughs> <Okay>. all right <laughs> thank, thank you gentlemen right. thank you so much ken harris reggie kelly Detroit Popcorn Company, DetroitPopcorn.com. Now talk about opportunity, Detroit. Well, of course, we are right here on WJR. Next up on Opportunity Detroit, Stephen Dime, the co-founder and CEO of Flowers for Dreams. Let me tell you a little something about this socially conscious flower company. In fact, named one of Business Insider's 20 most inspiring companies in all of America because every bouquet his company sells benefits an amazing local charity. That could be in Chicago, could be Milwaukee, and now Detroit. To date, they've donated over $750,000 from the sale of flowers. Stephen, it's great to catch up with you and to welcome you to Opportunity Detroit. Good to be back with you, Paul, and thanks for the the kind introduction. Well, I'm not even done. I mean, there's so much more I could say. You were on the state of Illinois' Task Force on Social Innovation, Entrepreneurship and Enterprise, an instructor on Human-Centered Entrepreneurship at Northwestern University, as well as you've penned op-eds on Ethical Business in Cranes, Chicago Sun-Times, and others and uh, it's just the list goes on and on and I, I with all due respect you don't expect it to come from a flower shop and a guy running a flower shop but that's what we found with you stephen
5: well, i should let you keep talking you're doing a, a better job of describing our business than i could and our accomplishments but yeah that you know you mentioned it in the initial intro our proudest accomplishment is the ability to have given So much to charity through the sale of flowers. It's an unlikely source, no question. But uh, we're lucky to be one of the first 25, 30 B corporations in the entire Great Lakes region. Uh, At the time, there was only a few hundred B corps in the U.S. And it's a badge of ethical business and I think a new way of doing business that most companies are
2: looking at. What I recall from our earlier conversation, Stephen Dime, co-founder and CEO of Flowers for Dreams, is that this dream, this... And this concept, Flowers for Dreams, actually started as a, as a college project, if I'm not mistaken. Fill in the gaps here.
5: That's right. That's right. I was 19 years old. I had just finished my first year at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. And uh, like many college students, I needed to pay for school. I uh, was working in a cafeteria. I was a house party DJ. I looked for any way to make money. And uh, I came upon a friend of mine who was from the floral industry, a long lineage of florists and floral wholesalers. And when he was a kid uh, working at his dad's shop, he would take the excess floral, the, the stuff that couldn't sell, and he would sell them uh, as bouquets outside of college graduations, his own high school graduation, proms, commencements. And um, he would take his dad for $0 and sell it for 30 or $40. And I wasn't a business major or very interested in business. Uh, To be honest, but I knew that buying something for zero dollars and selling it for 30 or 40 dollars was a pretty good way to make money, a pretty good business model. And so that's actually how it really started. I started as a flower peddler, doing the same thing he did, uh, taking kind of the spoilage from florists, bundling up in bouquets, and selling them outside graduations and commencements all around the Chicago area. And uh, slowly that morphed into Flowers for Dreams, where every bouquet we would sell at a school event would donate a backpack with school supplies to another school and a student in need. And it became this very interesting full circle program where every bouquet would benefit uh, and, and buy a backpack uh, for a kid in need. And um, that really seeded Flowers for Dreams.
2: You know, I'll tell you, Stephen, it, it is a trend that we noted here some time ago on Opportunity Detroit. I'll say it again. The The old way of entrepreneurship and then uh, philanthropy was that you'd work for 30 or 40 years or 50 years building up a fabulous company that then had lots of money and you shared the wealth uh, through donations and bequeathing and, and whatever you did with your philanthropic spirit 30, 40, 50 years after you started your business. The new way is the entrepreneurs with an immediate social agenda. So here you are in college trying to upgrade your diet from frozen pizza to at least least (laughs) up to takeout. And then right from the beginning, as you just put it, the other half of the profits was to buy backpacks for the low-income students that you tutored during the summer. Make a little money and make a big difference. And that started a long time ago. That that's the I, I appreciate you saying that. And that's the
5: exact model. You're right. Uh, we're seeing. You know, I'm, I'm mentoring now. It's just such an honor. Younger entrepreneurs who really their first question is how can I integrate purpose or giving fundamentally in the business. And and not all of them do it from an altruistic place. And and that's fine. I don't actually need everyone to be um, you know as interested in advancing causes of justice and charity that we are. But if they can make a net benefit through their business model by giving or by keeping um you know being conscious of the environment or good corporate governance or treating their employees with a living wage and the like um then it's good for society and so we've been rewarded for it and our model is a little even more unique because we need to make profit to be able to give so the business has to perform as a for profit before it can kind of achieve its nonprofit objectives and you know, so we we don't tie it to sales. We give one quarter of our net profits, which is a huge chunk of money. But again, it relies on profit. So we can, uh, I want to kind of share with with younger entrepreneurs or any any age entrepreneur that you don't have to sacrifice your values or the things you care about, I guess, extracurricularly in your everyday professional career. They can go hand in hand. In fact, they can amplify what you're doing professionally.
2: And and by the way, Stephen, the flowers don't don't suffer with all this extra work going on, and all your philanthropy, and making a little money, making a big difference, and all of that. You still create fabulous uh, floral arrangements. You you really built a, a craft flower movement with organic bouquets and fair and honest prices. And uh, this is this is all very good. Like I say, the with all this extra work going on, the flowers are never forgotten. Well, you, you, you know better than anyone, Paul. You've been doing it for a long time. The
5: business has to work first, right? That we We're a flower company first. And, you know, our mission is to use beautiful local bouquets to advance the causes we care about in the communities we serve. But at the end of the day, we have to have a good product. And, you know, thankfully, we've gotten accolades to, uh, you know, again and again from our customers as one of the top florists on Yelp or Google or recently in the Chicago Reader, a, a, a large uh, formerly a nonprofit publication in Chicago just this week. So our product speaks for itself, and uh, the mission is enormously important, but again, the product has to be able to stand alone.
2: I'll tell you what, to still be able to get a a meaningful uh, uh, locally crafted flowers uh, arrangement for like uh, like 35 bucks, with free hand delivery in your markets, and you've expanded to three markets now we've got you in uh, in Detroit, uh, also Chicago and Milwaukee and the surrounding suburbs. And every single bouquet, every one of them, benefits an amazing local charity. and uh, and I think that's just incredible. And uh, I'm glad that Detroit is your third market in the Midwest. I'm glad that you are coming here. Bearing Flowers, you know we've been through a lot over the past several years. Uh, you're no spreading question. joy. You're spreading joy with bouquets. You're investing in the community through charity. And I'm telling you, um, I, whether whether we come down to the, uh, to the store next to the Shinola Hotel there in Parker's Alley, uh, and your growth pattern, uh, I'm sure Dan Carmody is going to be thrilled to welcome you to Eastern Market. Uh, But I'm going to go online to flowersfordreams.com when I'm done with the show. Flowersfordreams.com, and I'm going to send the love of my life, my wife Kim, some flowers from you. You have inspired me to simply order flowers that are going to make more than just my lovely wife Kim happy, but somebody else as well. As you make a little money, make a big difference and spread your wealth. I just think it's a, it's just a, I can't say enough about what you're doing, Stephen Dime. And I, I just uh, think it's, it's just wonderful. And you've, you've pivoted during the pandemic. You're still doing your business and you still appreciate what it means to be a small business owner now in Detroit.
5: You know, a lot has changed since we talked a year ago. Um, You know, I hope to be back again with you soon. And I'm sure more will change in, in yet another year. It feels like 10 years of, of change in, you know, 10, 12 months. But uh, I appreciate that. And you and Kim and all of Detroit is welcome to visit. We're excited to join Eastern Market and uh, be downtown. I should add, we because of the pandemic, we've pivoted a bit, just like any business. And we now offer overnight shipping to all of Michigan. So you can get one of our bouquets shipped overnight, as well as hand-delivered in the Detroit metro area. Uh, so we're excited to keep finding opportunities to grow.
2: Uh, Stephen Dime is co-founder and CEO of Flowers for Dreams. Do you have anything new going on that you'd like our listeners to know here on Opportunity Detroit?
5: Yeah, I think most notably as, uh, as downtown Detroit uh, surges back, we are excited to have now two locations in the city. We have our downtown store you mentioned behind Sh- Shinola Hotel. And this June or July, we're going to be opening up an Eastern Market on Gratiot. And so we're excited Uh, to be there, invest in downtown Detroit. And, you know, that's our model. It's a a local team, local flowers, and we give back to local charities. So come out and support this whole summer. We'll have uh, fun reasons to enjoy flowers in person.
2: I I can't imagine ever feeling better um, ordering flowers for someone than when you order them from Flowers for Dreams and know that more than just the recipient of your flowers is going to benefit. Do you have some favorite flowers, Stephen? You know, one of the favorites, uh, I tend to like flowers that
5: sell well too. Uh, and we have peonies coming due. <laughs> we have peonies, which are maybe the most popular flower of the last few seasons. Uh, they bloom in May and sometimes into June. Uh, then, then it heads into lilac season. So that period of the year, May and June, with peonies and lilac, all of which comes locally and regionally to us, is, uh, is, is kind of my favorite season. And those are among my two favorite blooms right
2: now there's not a better air freshener than lilacs I and in, in, I've used the term loosely air freshener but I mean the aroma of lilacs takes me back to growing up in Monroe and the lilacs bushes we had in the backyard that were so fragrant and now to know you can capture them in in the same way by going online to flowersfordreams.com uh, that is a, a really spectacular both those the peonies and the lilacs, are they going to uh, stand up well to, to shipping and, and last a while? Peonies more
5: so. Peonies are very hardy, and, yeah, they stand up well, and they last a long time. Lilac is more of a fleeting moment. Uh, once it's cut, uh, it will only last a handful of days on your, on your kitchen table. Five to seven days is typically what we say. But uh, as you said, it's very fragrant and beautiful. I'm a, I'm a big lilac fan.
2: Yeah, that's, that's a great aroma. Anything else we need to know, Stephen, before we let you go?
5: We're looking for charity applications. So whomever has a great nonprofit, particularly in the Detroit Metro community, we are giving grants for our spring and summer cycles. Uh, we give grants of anywhere from one to $5,000 right now in, in southeast Michigan. So come on and apply at flowersfordreamsfoundation.org or learn more about the company at flowersfordreams.com.
2: All right, I'm just making quick notes. All right, uh, flowersfordreamsfoundation.org, or to uh, order, do business, flowersfordreams.com. Stephen Dime, the co-founder and CEO of Flowers for Dreams. I hope it's not another year before we talk to you again. Thank you so much, Paul. Thank you, Stephen, as we continue on Opportunity Detroit. Patricia Wilder is an entrepreneur, investor, marketing and advertising expert and public speaker with a passion for spreading positive vibes everywhere, everywhere around the world. Through her company, Love Yourself LLC, her mission is to empower individuals to live their best lives by creating opportunities for them to have access to the tools, the education, the resources needed To assist in achieving that goal, her first major endeavor, Vibe Ride Detroit, has combined the upscale equipment, technology, benefits, and presentation of high end boutique fitness facilities with a price point that enables everyday working class individuals to have access. What a pleasure it is to welcome Latricia Wilder, owner of Vibe Ride, to Opportunity Detroit. Hi, Latricia.
0: Hello. Thank you for having me.
2: Well, it is our pleasure. We had you on the show, I, I think it was maybe a year ago. So, how have you been?
0: Great. All things considered.
2: <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> These days, everything is all things considered. So, what's new with Vibe Ride?
0: Well, we just reopening. Um, actually, we just opened on February 1st. It was our first day. Um, from being closed for most of the pandemic. We did some outdoor classes in the summertime, but since March, we pretty much have been closed in studio. So very excited about that. Um, And just trying to still spread positive vibes and get people healthy, even more now than before with everything that's going on.
4: Well,
2: you know, what I remember uh, uh, from our first conversation and now the Vibe Tribe community getting back together and all of that is how you really the attention to detail and cleanliness has always been important to you but obviously now more than ever but you start from a position of saying hey that's the way we've always been
0: absolutely um we, I mean, everyone that has come in and said we've been one of the cleanest, if not the cleanest studios they've ever been to, and that's pre-COVID, just because that was part of our mission, to have a spa-like environment where everything smells good, it's, the walls are white, the floors are clean, you don't smell sweat. We're not a gym, we're a boutique studio, so we can definitely have more control over that, but now with everything going on with COVID, we've just upped our game up. We have electrostat um, electromagnetic guns for cleaning now that make sure that we get every crevice on the bike and in the body studio. We use um, non-chemical, non-toxic um, cleaning materials, which are all hospital grade, which we had before, but that way we're enabled to actually um, sanitize the air that you're breathing. In we have studio. a
2: special, if I recall, a special air circulation system
0: in the cycle studio, absolutely. We do not, if you ever come in our studio, you'll never see fans. Our system um, filtrates fresh air. So we suck in fresh air from outside, and then we push out the bad air. So therefore, we're not just filtrating air. We're actually bringing in fresh air to the studio. So you're never recycling air.
2: I love it. Uh, it's, it's something unusual. It's something really I don't know that it's been done before. You do really have a boutique uh, as opposed to a gym with your vibe ride and your vibe ride, vibe tribe uh, community. And uh, what Absolutely. you basically you basically have always said to, to reach your goals, to live your best life from the inside out, you're asking for less than an hour of people's time.
0: Absolutely. I mean, what we're seeing too with COVID is it's not just working out the physical body. It's mental as well. When you break a sweat and you can leave it all on a bike, the stress of the day, you literally sweat that away as well. It has helped so many of our clients even just to come back in studio and feel some type of connection with other people. It, it's monumental, especially right now where we're so isolated.
2: Well, the importance can't be... Uh... Uh, overplayed, I guess if that's a word, can't be overplayed uh, the importance of fitness now that so many of us are working from home.
0: Absolutely which we're even doing live stream for all of our cycle classes. So if you have a bike at home, $5 drop-in, you can check out and feel a part of the vibe Tribe even if you're in your living room because we want to stay connected with the community as much as possible. And like I said, our drop-ins are only $5 because we also want to make sure that it's affordable during this time.
2: And that's a lot cheaper than a lot of other uh, systems that are out there. There are a lot of people trying to get our money and trying to help us (laughs) that are trying to help us but you're trying to help and you're you're five bucks for goodness sakes uh, that's a deal and a half what's it been like uh, doing a startup in detroit forgetting about i know it's not possible but forgetting about covid19
0: um i mean it is has been invigorating it's exciting but it's also very stressful um Starting up in the city, bringing something that's not traditional. You know, in, in Detroit, we're very accustomed to big box gyms. So even the idea of a boutique studio, people are like, what are you talking about? Or even just a spin studio. So it's been a lot of educating and a learning curve on both my end and for the community. But it's been great because I am a product of this community. And I, I have seen what other major cities have. And... Everyone in Detroit deserves the same level and the same quality of 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 equipment, of facilities, of cleanliness that other major cities like a New York or L.A., Chicago has. But so many times we're overlooked in the city. They'll go to the suburbs, but not the city of Detroit, which is so frustrating. So, you know, most people understand. They They feel my genuine intent to just help improve the people around me. And we've had a great run so far.
2: Latricia Wilder, owner of Vibe Ride, you go online the slash detroit and she hit it on the head. Latricia's exactly right. That's why we're here. That's why I thank Dan Gilbert and his entire team for giving us opportunity Detroit and the opportunity to get to meet and introduce you to new businesses and entrepreneurs right here in the city of Detroit, as we continue on WJR. Well, it's our show is loaded. Thank you, Ann Thomas. Our show is loaded with uh, some great guests today, experts, people who excel at what they do, people who are outstanding in their field. And I, I hate to use that expression, Sean Bellegian, because I... When I say it, I, I, look, I see a guy in my mind's eye standing out in a field. I can't help myself, but all right. But Eric Larson is all of that. He is outstanding in his field. He is the CEO of the Downtown Detroit Partnership, and they've got nothing but good news coming our way. Eric, uh, God bless you. Thank you for that kind uh, personal note, and thank you for the great job you're doing for our city.
1: Uh, Paul, it's so good to hear your voice and wish we were sitting here next to each other and uh, my thoughts and prayers continue to be with you and Kim and the entire family. Um, You are an absolute blessing to this community and to all of us who can consider you our friend.
2: Well, it's very kind of you to say. You started the week with a great announcement along with the city of Detroit and uh, in collaboration with Ike Smart City unveiled the city's new digital interactive wayfinding kiosks at a ribbon cutting with the mayor. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, Paul, we we continue to look for ways to link the city, not just in terms of its green spaces and you know the kinds of work that you know, our businesses and and residents and and uh, and visitors do, but we really are trying to find ways to use technology to make sure that we're connected and that we're deploying things like broadband. And so last year, you and I talked about you know, the, the the network of Wi-Fi that we've, de- you know, free Wi-Fi that we've deployed in our public spaces. Uh, on Monday, we partnered with the city and Ike Smart City, the city of Detroit and Ike, Ike Smart Cities to deploy the first of what will hopefully be a 60 uh, unit system throughout the city. So these are electronic kiosks. They can be fully uh, uh, programmed. They're incredibly intuitive and easy to use. You can pull up the information in 15 different languages. If you're looking for a restaurant, there's an icon for that. If you're looking for, you know, some help because your car is broken down or you have some other kind of medical emergency, there's a there's an icon or a button for that. Uh, and then it also extends the Wi-Fi. They'll be in every one of the seven uh, na- uh, district neighborhoods uh, throughout the city, and then obviously a, a network of them throughout the downtown.
2: Though this is new for us in the city of Detroit and exciting. Uh- Ike is uh, is already live, if you will, in 14 other cities nationwide. So they know what they're doing. They've, they've cut their teeth, and uh, we're, we're lucky to be having them join us now.
1: We are, we are very lucky, and we worked very hard. It, it took four years to negotiate with Ike to get a deal that made sense for the city of Detroit and, and that the downtown Detroit partnership. Uh, it really is a true partnership, not only in terms of the way we connect with the community, but also communicate information. There's a revenue sharing component to it, which is very important to us because we're constantly broadening the way that we generate the revenue that goes directly back into the community. And so all of that has worked out really, really well. The mayor was excited because he was on his way to San Antonio for something that you know well, and uh, Ike has a unit there, so he's going to be guiding his way around the city of uh, San Antonio with the same kind of units, that, you know, same kind of kiosks that we have here in Detroit now.
2: How cool is that? Are these going to be self-sufficient? Are these going to be uh, – do they sell advertising on these units, or how, how do we pay for them?
1: Yeah, so the, the, the deal that we cut with Ike, because it, it is ad revenue-based, uh, is that there are eight panels, and those panels rotate. Four of those panels will be sold to traditional advertisers. Four of those panels will be used for local content. So we can customize each of these kiosks in each of these neighborhoods to display information that is really relevant and important to that community. Right now, we're featuring Black History Month um, and a couple of the local Black artists on some of those community panels, but we'll be able to change that. We can change that if there's a special announcement you know we're very excited because not only has our visitorship in the downtown parks continued to, to grow we had over 4.4 million visitors in the, in the parks uh, in 2021 Wow yeah you know, Paul you, you and I talked about you know, how challenging through the pandemic it was we had a lot of, a lot of employees that were working from home uh, but in our visitor counts in the downtown dropped to a low of 13 million. this I'll tell you in 2021 we were back to 22 million. Uh, you know, a thirty-three a percent, I mean a sixty-five percent increase, and in um, and, uh, and this year we're, we're very much on target to, to uh, bring all of those visitors that we had pre-pandemic plus some. We had a great partnership with Visit Detroit on the ice rink this winter. Um, we're continuing that partnership with Visit Detroit, Claude Molinari and his team. So I, I am very excited and very encouraged uh, as what's happening in downtown. People are coming back. People are back in their offices. Businesses are doing better, and uh, we're, we're in good shape.
2: Yeah, that's uh, great. And uh, I just wanted to point out, too, each one of these kiosks will serve as a free Wi-Fi hotspot, which is good, uh, and it comes in 10 different languages. It's set up for a diverse audience. It sounds fabulous. Uh, we're excited about Ike Smart City the city of Detroit, and you guys with these wayfinding kiosks. And congratulations on your 100th anniversary. Uh, Tune in on uh, downtowndetroit.org and follow their big meeting. Eric, thanks so much. Keep up the good work. That's it. Talk to you in the mornings, Monday through Friday, from 530 till 9. Regards, Paul W. Smith.